folks, Bulls basketball is back. The men's team tipping off Friday night, home to Dartmouth. An Ivy League conference, which right now is looking pretty darn good. I'm your host, the General. We got Mike Bunt in the building. We're live here at Studio D. Ty B, bullet point 716, sponsored by the Amherst Ale House. We got tons to talk about tonight. We got the projected started starting five for Friday. We got some injury, a couple of bulls that are banged up right now. Uh, new faces that we want to talk about. We're going to talk about the entire MAC as well. Who can contend with this Bulls program? And we're going to get into the non-conference schedule. Mike, I'll start it with you. Initial thoughts going into this uh, 2019 Buffalo Bulls men's basketball season? I just can't wait to see all the new faces. There's so many new contributors. Uh, to this team this year and while a lot of people a lot of fans might not know all the names there is as much talent on this UB Bulls squad as there has ever been on any UB team in the history of the program and I'm counting last year's team that guided them yeah. to the second round with a 32 and 4 record. Ty B it kind of reminds me of when Bobby Hurley left it was one of those things where Justin Moss left and we lost our coach we lost some key seniors but it looks like Weitzel in this program is picked off right where they left off. Yeah, and it looks like on the outside, this roster is depleted just because you lose some of your key guys, but there's a lot of key guys returning, and that's who I'm most excited to see this year. I think Devonta Jordan and um, you have Javon Graves, who are both going to step into key roles with this team, and both of them have all MAC uh, possibilities this season. Yeah. And I think both of them will get there. And if this team needs to, is going to get to 20 wins this year, it's going to be because of those two key uh, returning veteran players. Now, Mike, you talk about new faces. Out of these new faces, what are the key couple ones that you're talking about that are going to make a big impact on this roster? So this might be a few more than a couple, but I think there's <laughs> there's at least yeah. five names that you have to bring up. Yeah. Let's first start off with the two guys that sat out last year practicing oh. with the team. you got to look at Antoine Johnson. Uh the guy had an insane alley-oop that we got on bullet points uh, during the Incredible. Bulls exhibition win over Damon. But he's more than that. He's a well-rounded player. Probably, honestly, maybe the second-best player on the team behind Javon Graves as far as actual talent. Gabe Grant, Houston transfer, led the team in points in the win over Damon. Showed a nice touch from deep. And then you got to look at the, the transfers that they got from this actual offseason. Josh Mbala, a big man from Texas Tech, the defending NCAA runner-ups, he's going to be a presence down low. And if he can find an offensive game, watch out. Yeah. And then one other guy I wanted to bring up, Laquil Treden, uh, Hardnett, sorry, uh, from Cincinnati. He chose the Bearcats over uh, Us UB last year, yeah. last year. Then there was a coaching change in Cincinnati, decides to come to UB over St. Bonaventure. And you know what? He's, he has some a few health issues right now, but yeah. it looks like he's going to be ready to go coming up soon, and he's going to be an impact player on this team. Yeah, I think the most exciting exciting guy that you named out of those new faces is is, uh, is uh, Johnson for sure. I am so excited for that guy. Uh, you know, a source close to the team last year told me straight up that this is a guy that could win MAC Player of the Year. It, like the talent is that good, and you can yeah. just see from the opener, even some of those three that three point shooting looked phenomenal. Yeah, he's a guy who can do it all, whether it's shoot the ball, get to the rim, you saw his alley-oop. Um, I think he's going to be a dynamic player for this team, something that 
you graduated last year, something you lost, but I think you're going to be able to replace that pretty easily. And we heard all the time about how competitive these practices were last year, how oftentimes the scout team was beating the first team. And a big key role in that is Gabe Grant and Antoine Johnson. I think they're going to have huge roles. Uh, huge roles. And, you know, you go into this Friday, you got Dartmouth coming to town, who we saw last night, folks, what happened. An Ivy League school in Penn went to Alabama and took down Nate Oates. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> be, be careful what you wish for, Nate. Uh, Alabama was seven and a half point favorites at home to Penn. Penn goes into their barn, wins by one. So the Ivy League's a conference that you know you can't take lightly. And we're talking you, about two bit Ivy this year. Two bit Ivy, and people it, are saying our, our toughest non conference schedule game this year is Harvard next Saturday in Toronto. Hey, wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Harvard has. The Ivy has solid coaching. Yes. Uh, the the head coach at Penn, he took Cornell to the Sweet 16 uh, earlier uh, in the decade. Uh, Harvard, they got Tommy Amaker. They have a ton of talent. And it, I wasn't honestly that surprised to see Alabama lose to Penn. The fashion in which they did was a little surprising. But uh, unfortunately for Dartmouth, I don't think they're at that same level to where they should be able to give UB a challenge. I, I, I really don't think uh, the Bulls should have that much a difficulty taking care of them on Friday. No, they shouldn't. I mean, they should be a pretty decent favorite, but I was talking to Kevin Massaro earlier, and he mentioned that Dartmouth is a team that's returning pretty much everybody. A squad yeah. that's returning, I think, one through eight, close to it. Mm -hmm. So no matter what school you are, no matter what conference you're in, if you're bringing that kind of you know team back, it's, it's, you got to prepare. You got to be ready to go, especially after seeing what happened last night in Alabama. Yeah, you have to be ready to go early in the season when you're playing a team like that <clears throat> because, like you said, that cohesiveness really, mm -hmm. especially early on in the season, it bodes very well for some of these teams. I mean, that's why you often see these teams uh, with senior-laden rosters, especially uh, seniors in the backcourt, um, especially with point guards. Um, they go on these long runs often, and I think that's why one of the reasons why UB should still be able to duplicate some of the success is because you have that at your point guard position with Devontae Jordan, who leads things from the defensive end and who's going to push you on yep. both sides, um, can dish the ball off well. We saw at different times him get into the scoring role, whether getting to the rim or with that three-point shot once in a while, he'll get hot. Um, I know he's excited to get ready for this season, ready to go. Hopefully he'll be ready Friday. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. And so while we're on the uh, topic of the lineup right now, clearly the force of this team is going to be that first, the, the, the three guard lineup with, you know, Devonta Jordan, Antoine Johnson, Javon Graves, and then someone who last year, who was supposed to be a big part of the lineup that really wasn't was Jonathan Williams. Mm -hmm. He was one of the biggest recruits that UB's ever had. I remember interviewing Nate Oates at Rock Bottom on Transit Road before that season started, and he mentioned, he said, this is a guy that can win MAC Player of the Year. And it was just a very ugly start to last year, obviously. I mean, so I mean, like well, for 13. Exactly. Three the, three point, like the three point shooting, he just looked really uncomfortable out there. And I believe he was in the starting lineup, right, against Damon. And it looks like he's going to be in the starting lineup at home, you know, Friday night. So I, that's my. Impact player I'm hoping for this season is a big is a big performance out of Jonathan Williams. And what are your thoughts on on Jonathan? I, I think he's primed to have a, a big sophomore year. 
I wouldn't be expecting this guy to be averaging 17, 18 points a game, but if he could get you a solid 9 to 10, like around what Javon was doing yep. last year, add maybe four or five boards, a couple assists, I think that would be a solid sophomore year for him because I, I think the issue when when you talk about these heralded recruits like Jonathan Williams is that you look at the four-star ranking and that he chose UB over all these big-name programs and you expect instant stardom. He still needs to develop. And on a team like UB where you have as much talent as you have yep. surrounding him, there's no need to push him into a role he's not ready for yet. Uh, we've seen it too many times where uh, a MAC team gets that four or five star recruit random, not five star, but four star recruit randomly, like Zeke Marshall at Akron, and then Central Michigan had uh, the Ziegler uh, on on their team, and and it burns out. Take your time, be patient, develop him, and I think he's gonna have a, a solid year if UB continues to to take that route with him. So, Tybee, I want to ask you, out of all the new faces that came through this year, you know, Josh Mbala, Antoine Johnson, you know, Gabe Grant, you know, David Nickelberry, is there anyone out of those core four, core five that came in that you're most excited to see? Um, I'm really excited to see Gabe Grant because that's a guy many people forgot about. Um, yeah. He comes from a Houston program that had a lot of success the past couple of years, especially last year after he transferred out. Um, they were a team who had a long string of – unbeaten victories longer than UB last year. Um, and I think he brings a lot to this team. You saw that against Damon. I think he's a very athletic kind of stretch three guy, um, a little similar to Jeremy where he's going to shoot the three, but he's athletic enough <clears throat> to put the ball on the floor. He can get to the rim, um, but he's long enough where he can guard a three or a four if mm -hmm. he needs to. Um, I think he gives them a lot of versatility there on the wing. I definitely see Gabe Grant being that like sixth man off the bench this year, kind of like a Nick Perkins. Even though Nick Perkins truly wasn't a sixth man, um, he's he was kind of the starter that came in like what two minutes after after the whistle blew or after the tip off. But I see Gabe Grant definitely being after that, you know, Jonathan, Imbala, and that starting three guard play. That um, you know, Gabe Grant's going to be that guy right off the bench right away, and he's and. Along with Gabe Grant, you know, you're talking about you're gaining someone like Mbala in the post. You lost Carruthers, which was obviously a key defender in that guard play, but Mbala is going to change that defense in the post that UB hasn't seen. Yeah, and, and that's something that UB has really needed. I mean, UB has had uh, offensive impact players down low like Perkins, like you said, but it, it's hard to recall that guy down low that's just an intimidating factor that – would prevent teams from wanting to go inside against you. And, and I think that's the most exciting thing about Mbala is that we, we know that UB has the scores on their, their roster already, but to have a shutdown uh, defender down low, the guy that will prevent guys from trying yep. to attack you in the paint, you can't even... Uh, I you can't even factor in how much of uh, an important role that's going to play for this team. And I, and I think you're going to see... Uh, a stronger interior defense by UB overall this season. Exactly, and, and we've barely talked about Laquil Hardnett. I know you mentioned, you know, obviously he was a well sought out guy over a year ago when Coach B, you know, wanted to take him away from obviously uh, Cincinnati, who ended up taking him. But he's a guy right now. He's limited in practice. I believe it's his hamstring that's kind of yeah. uh, you know banging him up a little bit. Realistically, probably going to be out against Dartmouth. 
um, which makes sense. Other injuries right now, we heard early in the week, Devonta Jordan was in a walking boot as of yesterday. Um, we're hearing that it's, you know, a minor tweak could yeah, be available. Just a, just a minor little tweak to the ankle, slight uh, little ligament thing. Nothing that should be long-term. Um, looks like he's going to the doctor tomorrow. Um, I heard he's cleared to play. Um, will, you know, the, the coaches clear him. That's a whole different story. But um, it looks like it shouldn't be anything bad for him. So, And I think there's also another major another, factor yeah, that another, he might need to be cleared from. Yeah, another big thing um, his girlfriend's expecting. Um, that looks like it could be any day. Um, hopefully it'll be after the game, obviously. You know, we're being a little <laughs> selfish with that. But um, <clears throat> we want to wish him and uh, Lauren the best of luck, obviously, with that. Because I know... Uh, She's got some Jordans waiting for her. One hundred percent. Obviously, no, no. I'm. I know someone who bought her Jordans. <laughs> oh no! And obviously, Lauren wants De- Devonta to play. Yeah. I mean, I. That, that's yes. like. I mean, worst case. And scenario. so does Devonta, and obviously, he wants to be out there leading this team. Um, but good thing is, what do we have? Rondo Sagu, just in yes. case. Yes, and I think he's going to have a huge step forward this year too. Oh yeah. Um, he's a big driving force from everything we're hearing on the recruiting front, which is awesome. But it seems like his play is going to step up a little bit. He looks a little bigger. Yep. Um, it looks like he's just a little bit more focused, a little more into everything. I think a little, you know, that year you just sort of get more into everything and you put everything together and you just get on the same page yep. as the rest of your team and your coaches and you have that cohesiveness as a family. And I think he's ready. He's ready to take that step too, as another sort of big recruit for UB. And the only other banged up bull, I believe, is Fagan. Tore his ACL back in May, um, and they're expecting him back for MAC play, which is big. You know, another big another big body that can, you know, get down low, um, you know, with, you know, Imbala, Brock, Hardnet, in the post. So the, the UB is, like, very rare, and they don't have it this very often, is they're going to have a deep backcourt. They usually always have a very good solid frontcourt, but... They're going to be ready to go. Or did I mix those up? Sorry. I mixed those up, I believe, but whatever. Hey, the, the, the key thing that you said is depth. Exactly. And, and this team it has a lot of it. Uh, last year, they had the, the solid starting five, but they, I don't think they had as deep of a team as what they have right now. Uh, I, I think you look at this, and they were pretty deep at times, but yeah. I think you look one to ten. I feel confident that they put their second unit on the floor against half the teams in the MAC because Seriously. I honestly think they have yeah. enough talent. When you got when you're talking about a guy like Rondo Sagu off the bench, uh, Nickelberry off the bench, um, a lot of these guys could start across the MAC. So uh, I think regardless of who they have out on the court, UB should be playing strong basketball. There's no excuses for them to have. Uh, points are in the game or they're getting handled because they got a weak rotation in there because I don't really think there are many players on this team that you would consider weak uh, to to begin with. So no. no, and before the season, I'm pretty sure Nickelberry was supposed to be a starter. And I'm not really sure what happened with him. I don't know if he's not understanding think, the system or, or people are performing better than him. Wasn't it a situation where he came to campus late? Uh, he had to, I think he had to finish up some uh, classes had, or courses in JUCO. Like, he had something like that. And then, um, obviously, with Mbala and Hardnett both getting their waivers, that was the big factor. Um, uh, you had the Mbala one coming in a little bit later. So <clears throat> the team was sort of waiting on that. So now you can pencil them 
in front of him a little bit, but I think Nickelberry later on in the season will probably play him yeah. in a, a bigger a bigger role. He's a very athletic four. Um, I think he can do a lot of things. Um, I talked about Gabe Grant sort of being in the Jeremy role. It's it's I've heard sort of the same things about Nickelberry, but just as a little bit of a bigger guy, as more of the four as opposed to the three of Gabe Grant. And the crazy thing about Nickelberry too. He played his freshman year at Memphis. You got to yep. be good to play in, in that program. Even after um, Cal Perry left, it still has good recruits. Another thing about Nickelberry too, we all talk about the recruits that Nate Oates originally had coming in. One of them was James Rojas, who was considered one of the top JUCO recruits in the country. There's websites that say Nickelberry's even better than yes. what Rojas was. And Nickelberry was a late uh add-on for this roster so really tremendous job by by white soul to to bring in a, a absolutely amazing class in the limited amount of time that he had to put everything together yeah and and, and what i've been hearing too i was talking to uh kevin massar about this as well is that ub pretty much is only entertaining top 250, 250. players now yeah. and according to their system only Savion. stars that are above three and a half stars well, don't tell that to beyond. Coach Whitesell. Coach Whitesell yeah. says it doesn't matter Obviously, about the stars. You don't, but. you don't really look at that when you're recruiting. Like, if you're a coach, like you're looking for the best players, you don't really care what rivals has them, what ESPN has them, what blah 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 has them. Yeah. You really care what you have them, and if you have them above a three star in your book, yeah, I guess. But like, you don't really care about what those sites have them. But no, and that's why they're according to their system, exactly their top two fifty, their top three and a yes. half stars and up. And the thing too is. <laughs> Let's be honest. If you're being recruited by 20 other schools or 15 other schools and you got that four-star uh, recruit label, yeah, there's going to be some four-star recruits that don't live up to that expectation. But if you're getting recruited by Virginia or Syracuse and a bunch of other Power 5 programs, you're probably going to be a good get for UB if the Bulls pick you up. So Yeah. And, and you're seeing these guys come to UB. It's it's amazing. What do we have um – what was the recruit out of uh, Louisiana? He's, Chance, Robinson Chance Robinson is the latest was, big one. He was down to a couple big schools. I know like TCU, TCU Wichita, Wichita State. I think LSU even. Georgia Tech, Houston. And you think Buffalo. He, the kid plays in Louisiana, yeah. and he's not scared off by the weather. He's not scared. Because I, I lived in Ohio. People in Ohio tell horror stories about Buffalo. People in Indiana where they get snow in the winter, they're scared of Buffalo. Hey, thank you. The kid from you know Louisiana what? does. He, yeah, he's going to come play for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, shout out to the local reporter down in Louisiana <laughs> who covered yeah. that. You know, I never made that forum. mistake as a sports anchor, so <laughs> I, I never made it that bad. So. Yeah, could you imagine like covering the one kid from your like local small town in Louisiana who makes it and gets a D1 scholarship, and then you say he's going to the Buffalo Bills? Instead of the Buffalo Bulls, I guarantee you he got some phone calls from his family <laughs> after that. But my favorite thing is these people from down south must just assume that Buffalo is near New York City. There's That's so many mean. people that still think that they're like, "Oh, it's not that far away." I had people when I <laughs> right, you know what I mean? It's like eh. when I went to Ohio, I had people ask me if I went to New York City for my weekends just because. That's what so, I'm saying. It's only it's, an hour drive, like, no, right? I'm yes, like, no, no it's, it's closer to come here. Yeah, I'm like, Ohio is closer for me, guys. Like, yeah. no, are you insane? Have you ever looked at a map? Louisiana, that's, though, that's that is a hike. That, that that's incredible. Though. That shows the what either. they're doing, recruiting. To and even even before, I know this was with Oats in charge, 
But the the one kid from Washington who ended up State committing down. to Washington State, the the fact that he would he even consider like coming Washington, to Buffalo, Washington State, like, like he was. These he kids are coming from schools, all yeah. over the place, and and I think yeah. that's impressive because that's how you win in the MAC. Back in the day, you used to try to recruit your own your own region or your your own territory. Mm-hmm. You can't win like that anymore. You got to extend your borders. You have to extend your budgets. And in order to win, you have to find those players that fit that, your style and that what fit you style. Do. And maybe they're not the the top P five prospect, but they're a guy that some P five program isn't valuing enough. Maybe they're their third or fourth option. You sneak in, you get those recruits to come to UB. You're going to dominate this conference for years. Yeah, to come. and it's because we own the state of Arizona. Basically, those kids, <laughs> those kids out west, they see that. You know what I mean? It's it's big wins in the NCAA tournament that changed that. It's Khalil Mack getting drafted in the NFL mm. that helps you get recruits, and it's those big-time dubs that it's we've building, gotten over the past few years. It, it's all it is. Yeah, it's Pe- not just switching the logo. It's all these other things and all these other successes that have come from investing the money into the athletic programs. And we, you know, you kind of get upset when they get rid of baseball or whatever – but now we see sort of the successes that basketball and football are having, and it's sort of because of the the ability that they're having to put the money into those things. Yep. And, you know, we see uh, the recruiting efforts on all ends improving immensely. Like, could you ever imagine five, ten years ago, you'd be getting four-star recruits out of Louisiana? Like, that's unheard of. And you know what? It can only get better because, to be honest with you, the whole issue that was hamstringing UB for the longest time was SUNY, the SUNY system just not prioritizing yeah. athletics. And I'm still not – they're still not there where they're prioritizing it enough. But if they can find a way to get players on their current budget, yep. oh, my God, imagine if it's they actually start to add on to what they did the past couple of years in basketball where it's no longer a surprise to see 5,000, 6,000 a game at alumni. It, it We'll see what happens. Well, yeah, at – when they finally unveiled the Murchie Center, they had the full launch. The Murchie family <clears throat> was represented by one of the daughters, and she spoke about them launching a new fitness, like athletic training facility, like top of the line. Um, so that's the next big project. You build that, like then you're able to get any recruit in the country because you literally have top of the line facilities um, all the way up. If if you can get a better like a maybe a separate basketball training facility that's probably the only other thing but um besides that like you can probably get any recruit in the country with these selling points like you know go take them to niagara falls go take them for chicken wings go let them see the heartbeat of the city and the love that they have for it and how they've really adopted this basketball team because buffalo really is a basketball city whether it was the braves back in the 70s or the bulls now like you see them fully embracing it um they get out there every year for sectionals down at um buff state it's always it's always sold out um people get behind these guys and you see some more and more Jordan Nawara down at Louisville right now, a potential player of the year in the entire country. Um, Highlight dunk last night against Miami. Um, It looks like Buffalo is producing more and more talent too. more guys who are getting offers. You had um, uh, from Lewiston just got an offer from 
uh, Nate Oates and Yeah, Bama, if you count Niagara Falls, oh my goodness. They like, have like three kids right now who are all about to go D1. It's just Buffalo is a Buffalo city or a basketball city, and they're getting fully behind it. Yeah. And recruits, I think, are seeing that. It's Pat Moran's Buffalo Braves. It's that, it's that, <laughs> it's that simple. Don't and tell I, Tristan that. I <laughs> wanted to ask you guys, yeah. top three, can you name – According to 24 by 7 recruiting, Chance Robinson was the number four UB recruit. Can you name the top three recruits oh. recently? Are, are they, do they come out of high school, or are you talking about transfers? or One's Jonathan. Yep. Jonathan has to be number one, yeah. Uh, he, Jeans is one or two, yep. Um, yeah. Would Rondo be one of them? Rondo yep. that's, top, okay. that's, that's two of the top three. Shannon Evans? No. Uh... Out of high school? No, know. this is not out of high school. I would say a number three would be. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be hard in that. Nope. It's not. Is it Nickelberry? No, this is. He's he's not a bull anymore. This guy, the, for the trivia question. Yeah. Uh, oh jeez. Three, two, one. Jeremy Harris. I was a oh Ooh, just about to say it. Jeremy shout Harris. Out, shout out Jeremy Harris's mom. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mrs. Um, Harris. I miss, Five. I'm gonna miss her this year. Skogman. Six. Brock. Wow. One thing I will say: the best recruit in UB history. Turner Battle. Yes. <laughs> he was getting recruited. You know, I love it. I love this. Is, yeah. This is why I love this because it, it's not even a question. Sync with that. It's that, not even a question. It. He was re- being recruited by ACC schools that, as a point guard. He's the recruit that he, changed UB hands down. Not even close, my favorite bull ever. Yeah. yeah. Like, to watch that guy when I was in middle school, high school, looked up to him. I mean, I, it was just, it, he was just so much fun to watch, the way he dominated Alumni Arena, how he got robbed of a MAC title in 04 or 03, whatever it was, 03, 04, you know, losing to Ohio, your Ohio. Hey, hey, hey. I was, not, I was not at Ohio at that time. I still count that Almost. as one of my top, so I have, I consider the three most heartbreaking moments in my Buffalo sports fandom. One, uh, Music City Miracle. Okay. Number two, no goal. And then number three, that UB team blowing that double digit (laughs) second half lead of the back. I'm so glad I was like championship. Oh my. To be honest, I I love that take because I definitely think it's in my top three. It's just, it's tough for me being like so young, like acting like Music City Miracle and no goal affected me. You know what I mean? Like it really. Uh, yeah, it didn't. I was. I'm I was only four, so it's yeah, like for you, it doesn't I, like, count. Those are literally my first formative, Eight, formidable nine. memories. It doesn't. It so doesn't, the, the reason dude. why I say it impacted me, so that's my first. Those are that's my first Bills memory and my first Sabres memory. I know I like. I, those are I, mine, but I was five. No, but I was. <laughs> I was running. and crying. The reason why I say it impacted me, the 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 Music City Miracle. So I got. I was a stupid kid. I would get these kids almanacs and everything. I got a kids a youth almanac the year after it happened, and there's this big picture of it oh. showing like w- like most oh. heartbreaking losses. Yep. And I remember telling my dad at the time, I'm like, you know what, this sucks, but the Bills are gonna get back to the playoffs soon anyway. We always make the playoffs, right? Seventeen years later, yeah. like it just that's at, at least no. that's not gonna happen for the Bulls. They no. they have a much better chance yeah. at getting back to the NCAA tournament and. I still think they're going to be a 21 team. Oh, I don't think that's, I, that's I would, not that's a, a question lock. for me. That's a lot. What say, was the over-under for the season win total? Do you know? I don't know. You never looked? Oh, my but, no, gosh. Wait, real quick. Let's get into that, though. So we're talking about over-under and wins. Let's, so let's get into the non-conference schedule. I said in the beginning, Harvard could be arguably the hardest game, depending on what happens in Charleston, because there's teams like Florida, Xavier, 
I think there's what Saint Miami. Joe's, Miami. There's so and, and UB has to face UConn in that opener. And if they beat UConn, realistically, they have to beat Xavier and then play Florida in the finals. So I mean, right there, UConn. Then you, you got you got yeah. you got what Harvard next weekend. You got to go to Vanderbilt on a Tuesday night, and you got to go to DePaul. I mean, you should easily win. You got, Two, three, you gotta, right? You got to at least split DePaul, Vandy. Yes. I, yes. I don't. Yeah. Vandy. Vandy. They, they lost their coach bad. last year. Here's the thing, though. Last year they shouldn't have been bad. It's just that they lost their top recruit within yeah. within a week or mm-hmm. two of the season, and then they had nobody left, and then they gave up on their coach. DePaul, I think they could actually be a, a, an up and comer uh, this uh, year. They got, they're I, all I'm right. not saying they're good. You know, I give them some credit because I covered one of their guys in high school, Jalen yeah. Butts. They they have some talent. I, I wouldn't take DePaul for granted, but I would say the toughest game is probably probably UConn. Uh, UConn would probably be the toughest one. Vandy. Harvard. Harvard might be. Here's the thing about Harvard, though. Uh, we're talking about teams that get pumped up. Harvard really hasn't done anything the last couple of years. They had a they had a streak of years where they were good. They got a bunch of talent, but it's kind of a bunch of guys that – haven't really won for the for Harvard yet. That's, that's they, true. They're big in name. They're hungry, but they haven't won. We'll see. Yeah, and, they, and how great would it be to beat UConn in another Hurley? Oh my! Oh, that'd be great. That honestly, it's gotta happen. You so there's it, no chance it doesn't. If happen. you beat UConn, that goes. To, I don't care that this UConn team is in the American. It'd go down as one of the the most memorable regular season wins in the history of UB. Oh yeah, and there will be a watch party at this house. I, believe, I think it's nine o'clock ESPN U on a Thursday night. Yeah, that's happening. That's after Toledo at home, I think, for the Bulls. Where would you UB rank football. UConn versus Syrac- Syracuse? Is obviously going to be the the top. Yeah, I don't think anything beats. Nothing beat, beat will Syracuse. ever beat Syracuse. I don't think. I, I, Not conference all, wise. No, way. that was unbelievable. No, way. I think UConn would surpass West Virginia though. I'd no. say no. It's no, neutral. No, no, neutral no, no, court. No, no, no. You went to West Virginia on opening night. I can't say that beats West Virginia. No. I can't. I, 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 can't. Always, I only say I that because you're talking a Hurley brother, and you're talking gr- about one of the top programs in the history of college basketball. West Virginia, while they were 13th uh, in the country at that time, they ended up being a really poor team overall last year. They won something like 12, 13 They weren't good. They, they ended up being pretty terrible. At the time, it was a great one, but as All the right. season went on, they weren't good. UConn, we don't know. They they have some talent. They got Hurley, who's going to turn that program around. That's one of those wins where 10 years from now, when UConn gets back to being a top 10, top 15 team every year, you, you'll look back and you'll be like, yeah, we beat UConn. And you won't care that they maybe sucked for five straight years. You'll look at it as... We beat UConn. I just look at it though. I was at the West Virginia game. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, think but about it. It's, it's, it's not. It's not the same. No. If you win, if you win in stores, if you win in Connecticut, yeah, that's yeah, a big win. win. That's, it's a neutral that's, court that's in Charleston. Charleston. It's not the same thing. It's that's not. a good point. No, it's, it's just not. It's not. But um, on team rankings, I can't find the over under win total anywhere uh, for like any of the teams except for the top twenty five. But I do have. The projected standings with win totals from team rankings, which are pretty good as far as, you know, the numbers go, um, predicting tournament chances and all that. Has Buffalo at 17.1 projected wins, um, a 10.8% chance to win the 
conference tournament and the right reg- or the conference in the regular season. Um, they have Toledo winning the conference with okay. Ball State and Akron finishing ahead. Uh, I don't know what so he's looking who, at. Yeah, who the hell knows? Thanks for wasting my time with that. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I looked at the rest of that as I read that, and yeah, now I might uh, think otherwise. All right, Bond, got to ask you: worst loss last night, Alabama or St. Bonaventure? Oh, that's uh, that St. Bonaventure for sure. And you know what? I I couldn't have enjoyed it more because you know what? All last year when I was covering the Big Four, the Bona fans. I, and I like St. Bonaventure. I know some sometimes bullet points we get we get hated on for our, what we say about St. Bonaventure, but I actually like Bona. But they talked so much crap about how good of a team they were going to be, and they got smacked by the unanimous last place uh, projected team in the MAC East. So uh, as an Ohio alumnus, I was loving it yesterday. It was three-pointer after three-pointer. Bona got smacked. Oh, for sure. And I thought Bonnie was, was going to be way better this year. Um, you have Dom Welch and um, some of those other boys you talked about, Osuni and them. Um, I think they'll be probably all right this year. Well, Osuni if- might be out for a long time. Oh. He got he, he hurt his leg. We don't know what's going on. That actually did – he was out um, a big amount of the game uh, in the second half. So that probably played a, a bit of a role – in, yeah, in the outcome, but back. yeah, but like Ohio loses their two best players from last year to transfer, um, both two young players. Um, and then obviously you get one back who completely missed last season. He was able to red shirt. Um, and besides that, your best returning player is Vanderplas and he averaged like 8.9 points last year. So I don't think Ohio is going to be anything to worry about for the bulls. So with Alabama though losing last night to Penn, did you smile a little bit? I did. What'd you do? What'd I, I you was do? watching. Be I, honest. I, I mean, cheered. I cheered so, for Penn. <laughs> so like, it's hard to hate on Nate because like he, if this anyone is, offers you that amount of money right. to go anywhere, can I can I say something? The Nate Oates situation is nothing like Bobby Hurley. No, I'm saying that right now. I hate Bobby Hurley. I want to bet against him every game. I think he's a piece of crap. I think I just I can't stand that school. I can't stand him. Completely, completely different with Nate Oates and Coach B. It really is. Honestly, months ago, yeah, I was. Why I was. That? Why? Why is it different for you? Well, because I will never forget Bobby Hurley going on Jim Rome, like literally, like a week before he left, saying how he was staying at the school. He was all for Buffalo. And like literally, like the like it might have been even less than a week was gone. But it's coach speak. They don't send an extension in Cleveland. Yeah, and then a but, month later he's but, gone as well. But 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 what did that extension do? That extension got the school how much more money in the buyout clause that that uh, Alabama had to pay UB. So he got the school more money intentionally. But UB didn't even end up using that money in their coaching search. They it doesn't ended up, matter. What I'm saying, though, is... It doesn't matter. Now that money can go towards other things within <laughs> athletics, and we can get more recruits because of that. It's that and the fact that if someone offers you that amount of money, it, you have to take it. You I just have to. I'll just say this. You just have to. It's I just, don't you get, can't not take it. I don't hold it against any coach that moves up for a better opportunity. Nate Oates could have gone to DePaul, and I would have been like, But if they were going to offer him. him 
that amount of money, I would never be mad. It would, it couldn't have it could have been any school. Bobby, Bobby Hurley never it never bothered me that Bobby Hurley left for Arizona State. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> a lot of people think I don't care. He's that. a piece of shit. He's but, piece of shit. No, he's nowhere but, near old no, coach. No, I think. Sorry. And no, you're right. I don't but care. But you know what I think happens? We we fall for hype sometimes. Bobby Hurley says it on Jim Rome. You think, oh, he actually is thinking about staying. And then when you see him leave for a crappy program like Arizona State, it, it burns you because you're like, oh my goodness, I thought he was actually going to stay. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, that's how a lot of kind of the bandwagon UB fans felt when yeah. Nate Oates left because they started believing all the stuff yeah. that Nate Oates said about staying. Yeah, the truth he is, loves Buffalo, but like, the college basketball it. coaches, college football coaches, yep. they look after one thing themselves. Yep. I'm not saying they don't care about their teams, but every school in the MAC, you, you win that 27, 28 games. Done, and you yeah. got uh, a, yeah. a power five school po- poaching yeah. you. You're gone. No, yeah. Mike, I agree with you. I fell for it. I mean, I did. I was stunned when I heard he went to Alabama. I never thought in a million years he would leave Buffalo for Alabama. Yeah, I didn't. Think I thought it'd be a Midwest school. Exactly. I didn't think there was a job opening. I thought we had him for another year. I knew the years were dwindling. Like I knew we were running out of time. But like when I heard that news, I was like, no effing way. You know, like there was no chance he'd leave for an SEC Alabama school. I'm with you, but in hindsight, and I and I wrote an article kind of bashing the athletic department. For how their coaching search went, I think it's perf- the best case scenario for UB because this proves that Ocho is going to leave at the first good opportunity, and now instead of worrying about all this crap a year from now, yeah, we already moved on. Whitesell kept the entire team intact, and now you have these recruits in. UB is poised to be good for a good amount of time going forward. Oh, I mean for sure. I mean, you got a good coaching staff now. Weitzel's not going anywhere no. for the next, I mean, decade. Hopefully. I hope not. Who the hell I mean, knows? But think, Well, think about it. You Did you read the Tim Graham piece recently about his entire family and all that? I don't have yeah, the I, I didn't read it, but I, I saw snippets of it. So literally almost all of his brothers are like all in the um, entertainment industry in – you know, producers of films and yep. mo- or movies, um, TV shows, a lot of like big name ones actually. And I had no one had any idea really until I read that. And you read those things, and it's like Jim literally has the least interesting job out of anyone in this family, <laughs> and he is so content with what he's doing, and he loves it. And he comes from the Rick Majerus coaching tree um, when he was with St. Louis. And uh, one of the teams last year we played in Dublin, um, was it Maris maybe? Uh, one of those teams, their head coach was an assistant um, with him while he was in St. Louis. And he said, you know, they were, Tim was asking him about, you know, what do you think Jim's going to be as a head coach? And he said, it's going to be that hounding defense. But he – he's adapted that offense and like, he's going to keep that going. There's no way he's going to lose that tempo. Like he's going to play hard nosed defense, get the ball, be aggressive and, you know, run the floor, find those openings and get easy looks if you can, because if those easy looks are there, you take them. Um, And I think he's adjusted his game well to a modern era of basketball where a lot of these older coaches are sort of getting pushed out by these real young guys 
and I think Weitzel is gonna really he's really gonna succeed here. That's just oh. being smart though. I mean, that's yes. seeing what you have on your roster in in playing the style that works the best. If if you had a bunch of tall six foot ten people, yeah, you probably don't play the style, but he has the players, might as well play that way. And then you're gonna keep recruiting towards it. Absolutely. And then you can just keep duplicating success because you're able to keep getting the same types of players that keep running the same system that keeps working. And that's obviously what all Bulls fans want. So, Michael, Tybee, predictions Friday? Obviously, I don't think that, obviously the spread's not out just yet. Uh, but Dartmouth comes to town, 7 o'clock tip-off at Alumni Arena. What are you thinking? Any cool. early predictions? You can get a score, who's going to break out, who might struggle. What do you got? Total domination. UB is going to win 82 to 58. I don't, I, I'm wow. going to go with basically the same score that I just got embarrassed with. with the, <laughs> the same amount of Never forget. <laughs> okay. Never forget. Never forget. That's why I'm not part of the, the gambling here. But uh, yeah, I, I think UB should, should, should own this don't worry, game. I took Bonas too. Yeah. There, There's no UB so here. deep. A, a team like Dar- Dartmouth, they only have so many guys that can, can keep up with you. UB's ability to rotate and and put in their second second lineup, they're just going to wear them down. And I think by the time you get to the second half, it should be just pulling away. I agree. Even if there's no Devonta, uh, I mean, you start to go Antoine, Javon, Jonathan, Mbala, have Gabe off the ben- off the bench. UB should win by at least ten in that opener for sure. I don't know what the spread's going to be. It'll be interesting because I mean, Bama was what only seven, seven and, a half and a half against Penn. But I, I think mean, Penn is is a better team in the Ivy. Um, Harvard obviously looks to probably be up there at the top. Yeah. But I think Penn is going to be one of those other teams who's going to try to contend to make it a two-bit Ivy. Don't forget about Yale. Exactly. Yale's another one. Um, they return a lot of guys. But looking at this game, I yeah, I don't think Dartmouth really – I know they return a lot of guys, but I think the Bulls really pull out late. Um, I think they get ahead – Win probably by fifteen. Uh, I'll say. What do you What do you think the spread will be? I think the spread is probably. I'm gonna say it's like nine, nine and a half. And the best thing about the Ivy League, everyone returns. They all want their degree. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> they're no not, one's they're not, not returning. On yeah, they're not on scholarship. Yeah, like yeah, no one's transferring. They no ball anywhere else. Like <laughs> they're going there for the education. They just so happen to play basketball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like yeah, these guys are there for a long time, but it doesn't mean yep. anything. Like you look at Miami, they didn't return anybody, and they were absolutely terrible. Dartmouth yep. can return anyone; they can still be bad. It doesn't matter. Um, it just depends on the talent you have. I don't think they have a lot of scorers. They weren't a good team last year in the Ivy. I just don't think they're going to be able to score on this UB team that has a lot of athletic defenders. Yeah, I agree. Um, you saw it uh, against Damon. They did let Damon score a little more than we would have liked, but Weitzel was on him even late in that game about letting them score as much as they did. Um, that effort's going to be there, I think, for the entire game. I think the Bulls get this one um, – I don't even know. Yeah, I don't think Dartmouth gets over 50, 60 points. I'm going to say 58, 72, something like that. In that range. Yeah. Okay. You guys got any final words before we sign off of our first official 2019 bullet points episode? Yeah, of the basketball season. Of the basketball season, excuse Good me. Good point, Ty. Um, final words for me. This team is going to 
make the NCAA tournament for the fifth time in six years. Wow. I don't care what Blue Ribbon or whatever preseason coaches poll says. That, to me, is all because they haven't seen this unit play together as a team. I don't think we're going to see a perfect product in the first couple months of the year. I think I actually expect UB to go through some struggles in, in December as they play uh, some of those difficult schools on the road. But I think by the time we get to March, they're going to roll. I think they should be uh, at least a 12-13 win team yep. in the MAC. And there's a reason this team wins in Cleveland. They play a style that's tough to compete against. They have the athletes, and they get it done when it matters. They have enough returning leadership to where I think that should be no different this year. People can pick Bowling Green. People can pick Toledo. I'll laugh if I hear anybody say Ball State. Uh, but Miami. It, also Little State. Whatever team you want to pick, it, it's yeah. UB. Give some respect to the champs. They're going to win the MAC tournament once again, and you can – you can mark me down for oh, it. Oh, book it. It's an Ohio conference, but UB will dominate in, in Cleveland. Once again, we're 127 days away from March 12th. Hotels are already booked. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. I think UB gets that done. But I think it's going to be more of a group effort. We talked about Antoine Johnson possibly being a MAC player of the year contender at some point this year. Um, I don't think any of the Bulls end up winning it only because I think so many guys are going to be contributing this year offensively, whether it's Antoine, whether it's Gabe Grant, whether it's Devontae, Javon, you have Mbala, Hardnett. This team is deep. Nickelberry, like there are so many guys who are going to be putting this orange ball (laughs) into the, uh, what is it? The uh, orange baskets. Um, Shout out Naismith. Um, But seriously, this team is going to be, absolutely unbelievable to watch again everyone's got to get out there and keep supporting this team because the environment last year was unbelievable selling games out with people four or five deep on the track um i think things are just going to keep getting better and better for this program um bust out the wall um expand alumni arena get it to fifty thousand. screw it i'll throw the records out beat dartmouth everyone it's gonna be a great season be so much fun non-conference schedule i mean just beat everybody see a yukon beat harvard vanderbilt I, I, that'd be a great trip to go to nashville yeah but it's a tuesday night in december yeah. it's not gonna happen it'd be great to see ub bulls fans be able to have a chance to sorry invade to paul yeah sorry to paul no one knows what your mascot really is no no one knows but i'm you know i'm just excited basketball is back we're gonna have a great time like i said Beat Dartmouth. Good night now.